Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Hello, I'm Margot Watson. I'm with Big Ocean Women. Actually, I am the Director of uh, Outreach in Fundraising and also in Marketing. Today, I um, just welcome everybody that is here. If you are with Big Ocean Women, are interested, or you've met somebody at um, one of the local meetings that they have called WAVES, which is um, Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Perhaps you heard about organization from the uh, women that have been involved around the world. Um, our organization is really into empowering women. It's a leadership organization, and we um, are all about making sure that women understand their divine worth, and that through that divine uh, that understanding of their divine worth, they can achieve limitless um, potentialities. Um, our model is that uh, I have it written down here: Big Ocean Women is an interfaith gospel, a global sisterhood who use their devotion to family, faith, and motherhood to reframe the challenges facing the human family. And our members meet regularly in groups of like-minded women throughout the world. Each group is a big ocean wave, w.a.v.e. which is women achieving vast empowerment, as I mentioned. And each wave is empowered by the tenants of big ocean. So these tenants, and we have them in a calendar that we uh, send out to everybody. If you want one of these, we can get one to you. Just let me know. And um, we have 12 tenants that we use to educate people, women around the world about their incredible potential. And um, some of the tenants are we believe in God and are women of faith. We are each unique and innately worthy of respect. And the one, I mean, and they go on and on. But the one we're uh, working on tonight and discussing in September is we seek after knowledge and wisdom. Um, this is a really critical one because as we, uh, in Big Ocean Women, part of our model is to educate and help women become self-reliant because the more empowered they are, the more they know themselves, the more educated they are, the more confident they are in taking on their local problems and solving them. Government will never be able to do that. But these um, great empowered leaders worldwide can do that. So tonight, what I wanted to do, or today, wherever you're listening to this, I have invited two great leaders. They are not member of Big Ocean Women, although I invite them to be. <laughs> um, but they are leaders in their own communities. And as I mentioned in outreach, I think it's really important for um, uh, leaders outside of our organization, which is a nonprofit, 5013C, to recognize what we are doing and um, how we are teaching other women to empower themselves and to... Um, to get their feedback about how these tenants are helping people in their various practices or in their professional life or personal life. So what, who I have with me today, <clears throat> the first one is um, Debbie Hart. She's a labor and delivery nurse for over 40 years um, at various hospitals all over Idaho. But most re recently, uh, she has been at the San Antonio, Texas uh, hospital, I'll have you tell me what that is, Debbie, I don't have it right in front of me, um, where she was a nurse educator for the past five years. Um, she's also a very world world traveler, has five uh, very 
darling children and is quite the spunky gal herself has done a lot of education and is uh, very well of education and the value it plays. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to that, Debbie, while I look up your resume you sent me? <laughs> well, that's, that's... You're, you're, is you, are you on mute? I have it on. Go ahead. But on mic, so I, are you? Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to add to that in terms of um, your background? I like you said. I've been uh, actually a nurse for about forty-five years. I was in a number of areas in nursing. I worked in a neonatal intensive care unit. I was a school nurse for about ten years, and for the last about thirty years, I've been in labor and delivery in management and education and at the bedside helping moms deliver babies. So and definitely no bad education. Yes, <laughs> lots of education, education, educating mothers, educating nurses, educating physicians, lots of education, hands-on. Yes. Um, and what does, how does that help people? How does, I mean, that's such a simplistic question, but when you are educating so many people, what happens? How does that well, education is power, and, and it also um, helps us to overcome fear. Oftentimes, we have fear of the unknown. So the more that we know, the better prepared we are. If, you know, Take childbirth, for instance. If you have a better idea of what's about to happen, then you can come and um, come towards childbirth with a, a better understanding and uh of the whole experience. So education is important. Everywhere we go um, to educate, become more knowledgeable about our surroundings, about people around us, about things that are happening, about our health. You know, when we talk about healthcare, that empowers us. Well, I know there's an adage that you need to be responsible for your own healthcare, that you need to take an active part in making sure that you are healthy. Is that true? Not only maybe eating the right foods, exercising, but also in researching and knowing some of your own symptoms. So when you go to the doctor, you can say, I need, or I've read, or I'm concerned, and you can actually identify what's not working so that you help the doctor become more... Um, better education you have about health and nutrition, the better informed you are, and the better healthy person you can become, right? If you're if you're not aware, then it's hard to make changes in your lifestyle or diet or exercise. But when you become educated, then you can make those choices and have a healthier life. That's awesome. So I'm also going to shift it and invite, um, welcome also Dr. Tabitha Campbell. She um, um, <clears throat> finished her doctorate a year ago in clinical psychology at the Kansas um, Medical School, Medical and Bioscience School in Kansas City. She um, is currently doing a postdoctoral uh, study in neuropsych in, um, in Utah. And um, so we have been talking about the physical well-being that comes with education and how important it is to educate people um, physically, I mean, about their bodies and, and other elements. What about the mind, since that's what you've been dealing with, Tabby? Yeah, um, so I love all the the pieces that uh, Debbie talked about, you know, talking about the importance of educating our physical bodies. Um, but along that same line, during my program, there was a really big emphasis on the, on the importance of health psychology. So that is where you focus on the mind 
and how um, the mind and the body are so interconnected. And so you have to take care of your physical health in order to take care of your mental health and vice versa, mental health in order to take care of your physical health. And I think a lot of the times is that we tend to neglect our mental health um, because we don't understand the signs or symptoms of what might be going on. And we just think, oh, it's normal to feel this way. Um, or it's normal that, you know, I've been experiencing, I'm just going to go with, we've been talking about labor and delivery. So um, that I, you know, that there's some women after they've delivered or even, um, who are currently pregnant, who are experiencing extremely extreme depressive symptoms and thinking that's normal. And it's really important to educate women, um, about, Hey, this may not be normal and let's get you the help that you need so that you can feel, confident moving forward in your pregnancy, in your life, in whatever form or fashion. Um, and I think sometimes we tend to neglect that um, because as women, we want to accomplish everything and then some, and we we are not very good at uh, taking a step back and being like, okay, how, how am I actually doing mentally and where am I at currently? And we are super women in all forms <laughs> and fashion, but we are, we are not very good at sometimes taking care of our own mental health. And so I think it's really important to have that mental component in there as well. As an organization worldwide, we find that we have to deal with all kinds of cultures and all types, types of personalities and mores. And one thing I've found personally that the more educated people are, the less fearful they are. Uh, not only their own bodies, mental issues, but also of each other, uh, um, different cultures, different, uh, just like even with travel. I mean, the more I have been able to travel, the less fearful I am of meeting somebody from a different culture and how they look and eat and dress and talk and behave. Um, it, it does take, education does take out that element of fear. It does take out the element, in my opinion, of um being judgmental because all of a sudden I I'm dealing with facts. I'm dealing with people. I'm dealing, dealing with um, what's in front of me. And also I'll, I'll, sometimes I just, we build up fears and uh, biases and things because we don't have the education we need and we stay stuck. If you know what I'm saying. Debbie, tell me about um, how education has helped well, tell me about your personal uh, journey on getting educated and why you chose to become a nurse and how that education has helped you personally. That's a good question. So um, early in high school and college, I had looked at a different track of um, professional growth, but then I was just really drawn to the nursing field. I love to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I'm kind of a helping, caring person. And so the nursing field fit right into my own personality. Um, uh, the beauty of that is that um, that career has been a great opportunity for me in, my, in our family life. Because as a nurse, um, as I was starting to have children, I could maybe not work at all, or maybe work once or twice a week or part-time. So it gave me an opportunity to be a mom, but yet also to pursue a little bit of my professional career. Um, and all through raising five children, I really never did work full-time until the, the children are 
house. And 10 of those years, I was their school nurse. So that was a great opportunity for me to be in the school while they were going to school. Um, I had the same holidays and vacation and weekends off. And and it was a great opportunity to be um, close to them in their school school work. Then starting labor delivery um, was a wonderful blessing. I loved being involved in with women and families in probably one of the most miraculous times of a family's life, right? The birth of a child is probably a, an event that, well, it is an event that women do not forget. You know, it's ingrained in their memory. And one of the things that's ingrained is usually who their doctor is and who their nurse is, because it is such a um, an important event. And so it was really a blessing in my life to be part of for so many women. It was a blessing for our family to be able to have a little extra income of the flexibility. I had opportunities to do a number of different things in nursing, and so that was valuable also. So it was a great career for me. Um, education was important, and we I, I got that, um, got my education before, most of it before I got married and then finished up just after I got married. Um, and so that was a blessing. And I know some women don't have that opportunity, but I know of a number of women that may started out in going to school or college or a career or technical school. Maybe they had to postpone that for a little while, but then they got back into that to um, continue their professional growth. And I um, applaud them because sometimes that's very difficult to yeah. do. Yes, thank you. Oh, all those balls in the air and try to do multiple things. Right. Um, I know, Tabitha, that um, education is very empowering for women, correct? Tell me how your journey has been personally in terms of education and how that has been a benefit to you and your husband. Yeah. So um, my kind of desire to get my doctorate and to move, you know, going on and, and getting uh, going to graduate school Um, was due to my interest in how trauma can impact the brain and our mental health. Uh, I lost my dad when I was eight, and I definitely saw the impact that that had on my family as a whole. And not only that, uh, my mom really stressed the importance of uh, my dad passed away suddenly. It wasn't, uh, you know, we weren't planning on it. And so then um, growing up, my mom really stressed the importance of you know, you need to make sure that you have an education because you never know what could happen to your partner, your spouse, whatever, in whatever situation. And that really did stick with me. And education is something that my dad really, we always made jokes um, that he always stressed in his daughters that he wanted us to make sure that we're educated and that we never had to rely on somebody and that we always had something to fall back on. So that kind of started my journey and seeing how trauma impacted my family and also making sure that I always had something to fall back on just in case worst case scenario would happen. Um, in regards to empowerment or education, uh, I kind of did things a little differently in that I wanted to go to a school that was outside of Utah. So I grew up in Utah and I really wanted to get out of the Utah bubble. <laughs> and so I uh, made a point to go to a, a, a school in the Midwest because I really wanted to explore different cultures, different people, get a feel for who I was outside of my family and, um, and 
who I just was and what my beliefs personally were. Because sometimes when you're around your family a lot, you tend to just gravitate towards what they believe and what they like. Uh, So me and my husband, we actually moved out to Kansas City. And it was during this time that while I was in my getting my doctorate, uh, he decided he didn't like waiting, sitting at home and waiting around for me. And so he started to pursue uh, flying opportunities. And, you know, he he always had an interest in it, but he never really explored it that much. And so in that time, I was getting my doctorate and he started flying more and decided that, hey, I actually really do enjoy this um, flying airplanes. And that led to him wanting to get his um, pilot's license. And so I guess in a way, my education really kind of helped make him bored enough of waiting around for me to go and pursue his own education, uh, which has been a very fruitful and wonderful experience for us um, as a couple and individually. Uh, I was able to develop my own beliefs and figure out who I am um, as a woman, as um, a mother. Uh, it's, it's funny that Debbie talks about that, you know, that she was able to be um, a part-time a part-time mom and a part-time worker. Um, and then she was able to go more full-time. I'm currently more full-time and, and still raising my kids. And so it's, it's really fun to see that dichotomy of how it works. So it is hard to do, but you, you are able to manage it. Yeah. Education is truly a springboard for opportunity. Um, I'm going to give you a couple examples. I mentioned that we have women around the world that are organized into chapters, which we call WAVES. Again, W-A-V-E-S, uh, um, Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. And what this means that the, is these women gather together and they are taught these tenets. And the more they learn about themselves, the more they're educated, because not everybody has the type of education we do in America where we believe we can achieve anything we work hard to do. And um, we're talking about people in Africa, Indonesia, Philippines. Uh, I could go on and on. We have chapters in London and um, around the world. Anyway, but the bottom line, what we have seen is, uh, for instance, in, um, I think it was in Sudan, that uh, women, well, culturally were being abused by their spouses, correct? And that was culturally accepted until they started taking these tenets and recognizing that I am worthy. I have a, a divine um, nature. I am worthy of respect. I am. Um, I, I believe in the model of impact. I can. My power originates with God. I am. Um, I am unique and innately worth of, worthy of respect. Those kind of things are new ideas to so many women around the world, and perhaps even in the United States. And as they learn these tenets every month. They start to awaken a kind of a, a, a thought process in themselves that says, you know, I deserve better. So this cultural abuse thing that has been going on throughout many of the Af- African countries was no longer acceptable. And so what happened is these the small group of women that started with maybe 15 grew to 150. And they gathered their men together in this big um, building and they had like an intervention and they just said, do you not love us? And they said, of course we do. Then why do you beat us? Well, uh, see, uh, my dad did, my grandfather did, my his grandfather did. And so I guess I it always has been that way. And they said, well, it may have been that way, but we know better and it will be no more. And so it like the men were like, what? And they were totally flabbergasted that this concept came up and that the women were the one that was, were saying, we will not 
stand for it anymore. The line has been drawn in the sand. And what? And if any of the men had pushed back against that, the women said, well, Big Ocean Women has been helping us with more than aware, uh, making us aware of who we are as uh, divine entities, as powerful beings. But we also are educated. We can now read. We can do our own businesses. They have sent us sewing machines. We know how to sew. We know how to make jewelry. We can provide for ourselves. We are self-reliant. And um, so because of that, it is changing the dynamic in a whole culture in that, that particular village and in other villages and other ways that we've been working with. Education is power. Education, as you said, Tabby, gives you direction. It gives you focus. It helps you, Debbie, as you mentioned, during difficult times. Maybe income isn't enough. But if you have an education, you can always fall back on that. And you guys, you ladies are um, prime examples. My personal father always told me, look down the road five years and decide what you're going to do and what you're going to be, because you're going to get there regardless. So you might as well decide now that I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor, a clinical psychologist, and then start on that path. Tell me right now, um, as you are going through, how do you see that these tenants have helped, or the particular tenant of uh, gaining knowledge, how has that also given you wisdom as you work with your patients, your families, perhaps yourself? Debbie? Well, let's see. That's an interesting question. So how has knowledge given me wisdom? I think wisdom comes with experience, right? And as you have more experience, you gain wisdom. You can you can read about something and learn about it, but until you kind of experience it and go through it in your life, then I think that becomes wisdom. But when you have that, when you have knowledge, it leads to making choices that take you down a path in your life that often brings you more personal success um, and personal fulfillment and um, and joy and happiness. And I think with that, you gain the wisdom of those years of, of, of doing the things that you've learned to do. Oh, in nursing, that's that's what I would say. I have um, loved that career. I did not see 45 years ago when <laughs> I started where that would take me. But then when I look back, I think, like you said, that was a choice that led me down a path that brought a lot of great opportunities, brought me in line and, and with wonderful, wonderful um patients that I've taken care of and wonderful other nurses and physicians and career. And it's been a wonderful blessing in my life. I, I would not change that now that I, you know, can look back over that time. Abby, how has education given you wisdom that you needed maybe to handle, um, help with some of your clients? Um, and, you know, you can, you can do all you want to with reading and, um, but at, at one point that knowledge is shifted into wisdom where you have to actually apply it, correct? Yeah, I would definitely say that I can read a textbook all day, but when it comes to actually applying the knowledge that I do have, it depends a lot on my client or my patient at the time and the presenting problem. Um, so for instance, you know, I, I work, I'm in a fellowship right now for neuropsychology. And so I deal a lot with dementia. And although in the textbook dementia might be pretty, you know, A, B, and C, you have to have, you have to take a step back and have the wisdom to know how that diagnosis may impact 
that patient in front of you and how to discuss it with them and how to give them the knowledge so they can move forward and feel empowered, even though they may have this new diagnosis of dementia, Alzheimer's, what, what it may be, but be able to feel like they're able to move forward with the best information and still continue to live a life that is full and not something to just be scared of. And, you know, if I, if I didn't apply that knowledge, then I would just be spouting facts at them. And that's not what some people need. They need to apply it to themselves and understand that there is a life beyond a diagnosis. And I think sometimes we forget that. So Mm -hmm. wisdom is, um, I think it comes with years, as you mentioned, Debbie, years of applying principles that you learned in school, in books, uh, Tabby. It is taking, listening to your patients and hearing what they have to say, applying principles that you learned or techniques or um, I don't know, what do you call those little templates that you testing that you do with them, different types of tests, and then helping them step one, go one step further, perhaps, and apply it to themselves. Um, we have a gal named Bella who mm-hmm. saw a, a real problem in her wave. And again, I guess she's in, um, i trying to think if she's in Ghana. And I don't mean to just relate to ones in Africa, but they are the most obvious. She saw a lot of uh, women who have who their their husbands have been murdered or have left them, and they have left behind either women who had new babies, or there's a lot of uh, teen moms who, of course, um, were not allowed to go to school if you're pregnant because you're supposed to stay home and take care of the mom. Well, that creates a lot of poverty as you can imagine. So what she did, what Bella did is ask us big ocean women to help her with creating a curriculum and also uh, to teach these, these women. She gathered them together. There's like 30 of them. And they began with education, teaching them just the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, but then also life uh, skills, how to sew, how to do jewelry, how to do things that they can make a living doing and as they did these things, and we we helped uh, raise money to help provide sewing machines and um, various uh, material and jewelry and things like that they could make, along with education, people to teach them. But what happened was it went five steps beyond just education. All of a sudden, there was hope. There was, um, I can do this. There was a feeling of confidence. All of a sudden, these, these gals are believing that they are more than um, being a mom, but they can also provide for that child and still be a person. There's a infusion of um, problem solving that comes with self-reliance and comes with the idea that I am and I can, that type of thing. So I, I really believe education and and the subsequent benefits that come, the wisdom, the hope, the confidence, all come from that tenet of we seek after knowledge, we seek after wisdom. Um, are there any other thoughts that you'd like to add um, in terms of admonishing people that are listening about getting education? If if it's not in nursing, if something else, Debbie, that you have gained education in and that has helped you broaden your understanding of the world and yourself? I, I think it's important that women recognize that you don't necessarily have to go to university to get an education. There are great programs and technical programs and other ways gain education and to gain professional ability that you might use to help supplement your income or maybe you're the primary income because I think some people are 
think, oh, I can't afford to go to college, I can't afford university, or I don't have access to that. So there are many ways, online programs, uh, community programs. And so I just challenge women to, to look around and see where the opportunities are for them to get some, to get some further education, uh, because there are those opportunities around in it. If you think about it and dream about it and set, like you said before, look down the road five years and think, okay, what is it that I would like to do? You just have to take that first step. Thank you. Tabitha? Uh, I mean, Debbie articulated it beautifully. You may not have the means to go to school um, nor the resources, but there are so many different avenues to reach out to people or to find a way to um, become a find that interest that is of an interest to you. I know I had a patient who was a single mom and she was working and she wanted to have an additional little income. And so she baked banana bread and that actually, she became pretty proficient in that. And she was able to get her own little bakery going and, and became successful because she loved baking over her other job. And to me, I was like, Oh, I could never do that. But to her, she had a passion so I would just say, really find something that you may be passionate about. It may be something completely out of left field, but there is a way that you can gain knowledge and gain power and gain wisdom through that passion. It doesn't have to be through going through uh, going to school if that's not what you like. Uh, I think women becoming involved in the trades is incredibly important. Uh, if you enjoy woodwork, if you enjoy working on cars, I mean, you don't have to stick with the status quo. And I think that we need to continue to push against that narrative of, you know what, this is this is what women do and this is the lane that we stick in. And no, there are so many different avenues that you can go down and your own worst enemy is your own brain. <laughs> and so to really um, empower yourself, you need to challenge that negative thinking of, oh, I couldn't do that because you, you most likely could. You just got to find a way. You just brought up a little story. I have to tell you really quickly. I had a little foster gal that lived with me for a while and she came from seven other different foster homes that didn't quite work out. So when she came to us, we had a lot of energy on our hands and a lot of issues. And because of her medical condition, she was a juvenile diabetic. Uh, diabetic. She would use that to manipulate her families. And, uh, and yet she kept playing this victim card over and over again. Well, I didn't buy into the victim card. And um, I kept saying, you are stronger than that. You are not a victim. You are capable. You can overcome medical challenges, get your schooling done, even though everybody tells you you can't because of all the, the way that you're behaving. You can overcome the abuse in your family. You can overcome these things. You don't have to buy in to being a victim. And the interesting thing is, just like you said, Tabby, the more that I was consistent, with her, the more she was got her own education and started to check, uh, check off all these things that she could graduate, she could get her driver's license, she did go to hair school. She, you know, the more she gained education, the more people validated her, and uh, she, she gained hope and a sense of who she is. The more she started to, the less she was a victim and more of a powerful individual. And I guess that's what Big Ocean Women is all about. We want to empower women uh, leaders to know their passions, to know themselves, to know that they can do whatever they put their minds to, regardless of the situation of where they are in the world and the challenges that they face. I appreciate you ladies so much being here. I admire your life, your work, your impact in my life, and what I've learned from you as, because uh, you are true leaders in your field. Um, 
Thank you all for that have been listening to us. If you have any questions about Big Ocean Women or any of the things that we talked about or the tenants, you can visit us at bigoceanwomen.org, um, our website, or you can um, learn about us on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or give me a call, <laughs> Margo Watson. We appreciate you being here. Big Ocean Women appreciates the divine worth of women and the impact that they have on their families, the community, and the world. And I want to thank these fine women for the impact that you've had in your own realm. Have a good night. Appreciate you. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.